God, may the words of my mouth and the meditations in each of our hearts be acceptable to you, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. As a way to help prepare us to consider our scripture passages today, I want to lift up some of Adam's sermon from last week. Adam told us a little bit about the changing landscape of the church in our nation and really across the world. In all denominations of Christianity, that membership is declining and that this is the case in many other kinds of institutions as well. And Adam had us consider this path to the usual or former way of coming into membership or involvement in any institution. Believing that leads to behaving that leads to belonging. Believing, behaving, belonging. And this path many of us may be familiar with if we consider our own church involvement or membership. That many of us came in by first professing belief in certain things through our baptism, through confirmation, or as we join a church as an adult. We profess our faith. And then as we hang around the church and we study those beliefs, we begin to behave in certain ways that those beliefs talk about as we join with others around us who are behaving in that way as well. And as we do all of that together, if we keep sticking around, we have a sense of belonging then, a sense of community. Well, as trust in institutions overall declines, this way of this pathway has changed. And church researchers show this, that rather than believe, behave, belong, more accurately we could say it's belong, behave, believe. And Adam helped flesh this out for us. That what we're all really looking for is a sense of community when we come to a church or another organization. And we feel that sense of community, something powerful can happen in our lives. And then we begin to behave in a certain way because of that feeling that we belong. When we adopt the behaviors of the community, then together we come to believe in something, something greater than us. And for us as Christians or followers of Christ, that something is God, which Jesus is always pointing us to. The way of Jesus has always been to begin with belonging. Our passages today will help reveal this to us. The gospel lesson we heard is one of the more familiar stories in the New Testament. The feeding of the 5,000, it's often called, or the miracle of the multiplication of loaves and fishes. Jesus was ministering in the region of Galilee, and due to miraculous signs that he and his disciples were doing among the sick, as he liberated many people from illness, the crowd that was following him began to grow. In part to have a respite from this growing crowd, Jesus and his disciples crossed to the other side of the lake, to a more remote area. Now Jesus had a meal on his mind. 
Because as we are told in the scripture, it's the time of the Passover festival of the Jews, which is also called the Feast of Unleavened Bread. And this is the festival when the Jewish people commemorate the Exodus, when God, through the prophet Moses, liberated the people of Israel from Egyptian captivity, led them through the wilderness for years, and every day sustaining them with manna, that curious, miraculous bread from heaven, as they journeyed toward the land that God promised them, a land flowing with milk and honey, as the scriptures tell us. Jesus saw this huge crowd that had followed him, and he had compassion for them. He knows that these children of God, too, like those Israelites in the wilderness, need food to sustain them. They know, he knows they need food that as they follow after him, they too are seeking liberation, just like the people who followed Moses. Liberation from the oppression of being an occupied nation, liberation from various illnesses in body, mind, and spirit, and liberation from despair. So with compassion and looking around, Jesus said to his disciples, Philip, Philip, where do we buy bread to feed all of these people? Well, naturally, Philip was surprised, likely thinking the question even ludicrous, given the thousands of people there and their remote location, likely far from any major markets, not to mention the prohibitive cost of supplying enough food for everyone to eat. Well, Jesus already knew the answer. But the good rabbi that he was, he asked a question not for an answer, but if to say to his students, the disciples, get ready to learn something new here and prepare to be amazed. Another disciple, Andrew, heard the question and industrially looks around and he finds a boy who has these five loaves and two fish. And with some skepticism, he tells Jesus about them. True to the way of Jesus, Jesus' next step, his first step in this feeding, is an invitation. He tells his disciples to invite the crowds, thousands, to have a seat. And we're told that there is a great deal of grass where they were. And so... They all sat down. The hospitality of God's realm, which Jesus is ushering in, ensures that no one has to sit on the gravel road or in a ditch. No one is relegated to the margins while others enjoy the comfort of a grassy hill. No, everyone that day was given a patch of grass to sit down upon. And they sit there together, side by side. And a community is born right there on the spot. Intending to their need for food and for physical nourishment, Jesus and his disciples tend first to the nourishment of their spirits by, the, by inviting that crowd into togetherness to offer them the belonging that all of us need as they prepare to break and then share bread together. And share bread they do. First, Jesus gave thanks to God for the bread. 
And then he passes out those five loaves and two fish to those seated there. And then the people continue to pass those loaves and fish one to another. And as they do, the abundance of God is revealed. And all are fed. Not just a bite, not just a nibble or a scrap, but as much as they wanted in order that they can be satisfied. And as evidence that there was no hoarding of food going on out of fear of scarcity or fear that someone might not have enough or that they might not have food tomorrow, there were even leftovers. We heard in the scripture from the Old Testament passage the prophet Elijah say to that crowd he helped feed, they shall eat and have some left over, says the Lord. Jesus had his disciples gather up those fragments. They filled 12 baskets. Nothing was wasted. And those leftovers surely went to feed other hungry people. So this crowd is utterly amazed at what they see God doing through this new prophet, Jesus. And they saw in him an answer to all the struggles they had ever known. And we're told that in their enthusiasm, the crowd gets up and tries to force Jesus to become their king. Their hearts are so full of hope, their bellies so full of food, they want this to keep going on and on and on. But we're told that Jesus slipped away and retreated to the mountain by himself. For an earthly king and an earthly throne and earthly glory is not what Jesus came not what Jesus was seeking. All the glory in Jesus' life and work was to be given to God. And Jesus was faithful to his mission that God gave to him. Not to be exalted as king, but the mission of making disciples. And what do disciples of Jesus do? They do what their rabbi teaches them. And what work of God do we see Jesus doing here? Well, we learned today that the primary work of disciples is to feed people. As Jesus fed the crowd that day, he satisfied more than their physical hunger. He was making disciples. And no disciple then or now is ever made without other disciples. As those thousands sat on the grass together, Side by side as friend or enemy, family member or stranger, men and women, young and old, Jesus taught them how to feed one another. And all were satisfied. Jesus shows God's abundance. Jesus shows us that God's universe is one of not scarcity, but enough for everyone. And we see what happens when trust in God's love and abundance and desire to care for us, as Jesus did. When all of us put our trust in that, we see what happens here. All are invited to the table. All find a place, a comfortable place to sit. All have bread for themselves and enough to share. And what happens when we don't trust? in God's abundance. As called disciples, 
we are called to also trust that God has given us everything we need to care for one another. I have two stories to share that really hit me this past week as I studied this passage, as convicted me to consider my own discipleship as one called and taught by my rabbi Jesus to feed people, caused me to pause and ask myself, how am I doing? And I share them with you as well. These are stories about two mothers, both on the margins of our society, the very people that Jesus first sought out and invited into community, the people he always sought out to heal and to teach, those that the world discards and despises and judges for whatever reason. The first story I I will share does have some language that may be disturbing, though it's not inappropriate. You may have heard this on the news. A Mexican woman and her small children fled Mexico to the U.S. border to seek asylum. This woman had witnessed her brother being killed, and those same murderers threatened her life as well as her children's. She had a tough decision. To stay might mean her children and her die. She knew she could try for asylum in the United States, but she also knew that would mean detention. It could mean she might be separated from her kids. But such was the fear of remaining in her own home that she came to the U.S. and she was put in detention. And after one week there, her one-year-old, she noted, was losing weight quite rapidly. The woman was only given formula to feed her child. So she asked the detention official for solid food. And the official responded to this woman, do you want dead kids or skinny kids? And in her despair, this woman realized she had another hard decision to make. If this was what one week in detention looked like, what might a whole year mean for her children? So she decided to return to Mexico and rather face the dangers there than remain here at such risk. This is a story that can happen in my life if I forget that God is a God of abundance and that there is enough to share for everyone. Putting myself in that story, I know in my own life if I am operating out of scarcity, then I am afraid. And all I think about is me and my own needs and I don't access the compassion that God has planted in each of our hearts. Another story that helps me remember that God is a God of compassion and abundance. Another mom with small children was here at Knox Church through Interfaith Hospitality Network, our mission partner that serves our homeless friends in Cincinnati which many of you volunteer for on a regular basis. One of the women there, a single mom with her kids, these people are homeless, so clearly on the margins. And through IHN, they are given a safe 
and warm place to sleep. They are given enough food for all of their family. And this woman and her children, out of great gratitude for the meal and the love and the sleep they received from the disciples here, gathered up what little money they had among them, digging into their pockets and her purse, they came up with a dollar and eleven cents. And out of the craft supplies that we have for the kids who stay on our third floor, the children took a pink piece of paper and a stapler, and they made an envelope. I have this envelope right here. This was put in the offering plate of Knox Church upon direction by this mother and her kids. And Ron Shea LaRue, our financial manager, made sure that we received this. They put that dollar and 11 cents inside and wrote, please put this in the offering plate. Thank you. God bless. She signed her name and her family, IHN Guest. This family are disciples teaching me how to feed people as another disciple. And what a relief to know that we do have a God that gives us enough. I can operate out of fear or out of trust. The difference is drastic and a matter of life and death sometimes. Friends, God has been feeding God's human family from the very beginning in often miraculous ways. Through the prophets of old, like we heard in the story of Elisha, and through the story of Jesus and the disciples in the gospel today, God feeds us, always calling us to feed others. And we are invited into that in concrete ways, and we have the gift of this community of faith with which to do just that together. Last Tuesday, next door in Knox Commons, many of us gathered to help serve Childhood Food Solutions, another mission partner. An assembly line of people gathered outside the commons at a big truck, and one by one they brought in person by person boxes and boxes of food and put them in stacks. And then in another assembly line, tables of volunteers full of these boxes gathered up those food boxes, just like the disciples gathered up the fragments of bread, and gathered them, them into hundreds and hundreds of bags of food. And these bags were then driven to the west side of the city, to those neighborhoods where children only eat when they go to school, because they can't afford food at home. Disciples feeding other people, making more disciples, helping us all trust in our God of abundance. Today, after worship and every Sunday, there is a community meal served at Third Presbyterian Church, also in a neighborhood of great need and great want. And friends from Knox join friends from Third and cook this meal every Sunday and sit down and break bread together. And community happens every week right there on the spot. You are invited to go any Sunday you wish. In your pew racks, in the offering envelope, 
rack, you will see a small piece of paper in the shape of bread. And at the end of each pew toward the aisle, you will see a baggie of pencils. And there are also pencils in front of you. I invite each of you to take a loaf of bread. And if there are not enough in your pew, there are plenty behind or in front. As we know, there are leftovers in God's realm. So make sure you you have a loaf of bread and a pencil. I'm going to invite you to get quiet with me and close your eyes if you wish. I invite you deeper into this story of the feeding of the thousands. And in a moment, I'll invite you to, to write something on the bread. But for now, I invite you to listen and to imagine. You are part of that crowd. You are there so curious about this man, Jesus. You want what he is giving. You hear him invite you to find your place on the grass. And you look around along with those thousands of other pilgrims, other seekers, other people who hunger after God. You may be there with doubt, skepticism, curiosity, with great hope. You may have incredible faith in that moment or none at all. But no matter what, you find your place on the grass and you have a seat. And then Jesus starts passing out the bread and the fish. You see his disciples helping. And as they pass it out, they invite the people they serve to serve those around them. And now someone hands you some bread. Now hold that bread. As right now you think about this past week, or even your morning so far, and ask God to show you who has handed you bread, who has offered you nourishment this past week that fed you in either your body, mind, or spirit. Maybe it was a gesture of kindness, an act of service, some unexpected wisdom or words of encouragement or words that challenged you to consider a different choice for your life, one that was more life-giving and kind for yourself and for others. Now, as you take a pencil, with thanksgiving, write down the name of the one who handed you bread, of someone who nourished you. These will be kept anonymous. You won't be, need to put your name on them, so feel free to write what comes to your heart. And now continue to hold that bread 
and see yourself back in the crowd, sitting on the grass with, with others. The bread and fish are still being passed around. There are so many to be fed. And you have eaten, and you are given more bread to pass out, to pass to another who is hungry, just like you. As you pass the bread to the person sitting next to you on that grass, look into their eyes, and what do you see? Do you see sadness, joy, sorrow, relief, or maybe despair, or hope? And now as you hold the bread right here and right now, ask God to show you who needs that bread today. Ask God to show you who would God have you give bread to, to feed today in body, mind, or spirit. It may be someone in your own home or on your block or maybe tomorrow or today at work, in your place of study, or maybe someone in the city you haven't even met yet, or maybe someone in the country or on the other side of the world. Who needs the nourishment that God has gifted you to offer for the nourishment of another. Now write down on that loaf of bread the name of that person or group of people that God invites you to bless and to feed. invite you to come back. In a few moments, I'll invite you to place that bread in the offering plate or to take home with you as your own loaf of prayers this week. And we will pray over those that we're called to feed and with thanksgiving, those who have fed us today or this past week. And of the leftovers in your pews, the fragments, the other loaves there. I invite you to take those home. Take those out with you and give to someone who might need them today. There is plenty, as we know, to go around. Friends, thanks be to God, who is our God who is ever feeding us. 
making us into disciples that we might go out and feed the world with hope. Let it be. Amen.